Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are so glad that you are with us. We got our very own resident elder, scholar, teacher, and man of God, C.S. Anderson. We are glad that you are here with us as we continue studying through your book, a book about what every Christian needs to know about world religions, major cults, ideologies, and, and isms. Ism. Today we come to the introduction of cults. Now, now, Mr. C.S. Anderson, you got to tell us, what exactly is a cult? How can we identify it? Are they prevalent? Why does it matter? Well, there's two basic types of cults. There are theological cults, which emphasize bad doctrine. Hmm. And two, there's sociological cults, which not only have bad doctrine, but mainly center, center around some dynamic individual who will abuse the members financially, sexually, physically, emotionally, etc. Uh, generally, uh, cults bend scripture in some way, avoid parts of it, or add to the accepted canon of scripture. So all cults are con concerned with uh, control. Now, when uh, you mentioned doctrine, doctrine means they're teaching. Their right. set of beliefs, what they're going to be saying from the pulpit, the material they're ha they'll hand out, it's right. crooked. Right. It, it doesn't line up properly with the scripture. Scripture twister. Something new. Something new, yeah. yeah. Something uh, never before seen, never before known, coming on the world stage. I remember talking to my dad, who was a, a pastor for many years, about a preacher we listened to. We said, we never heard anything quite like that. And he looked at me and smiled and goes, yeah, for good reason. We follow an old book. News not always good. That's right. Exactly. So, um, so generally speaking, though, a cult will be opposed to having members think for themselves. They don't want that. I see. Um, the leaders of the cult will attempt to isolate members or bring peer pressure on them to keep them from leaving. And this peer pressure can actually devolve into violence and even force captivity in some extreme cases. Uh, cults demand excessive loyalty to the leaders or governing authority. And the cult will usually de-emphasize family ties outside of its membership. And in more extreme cases, members will be forbidden to visit non-cult family members. And many times, these visits will be allowed, but only with the permission from the leadership and often a member who visits family members will be questioned by that leadership afterwards to make sure their commitments to the cult have not been compromised by those visits to family members. It's a lot, a lot of control. Oh yeah, that's all, it's all about control. Now, special doctrines and revelations are the seeds from which these cults spring into existence. And uh, these cause them to become further removed from what we know as Orthodox or Apostolic Christianity. And a cult will find 
justification for its theology from the Bible, perhaps, but will put a special spin on that passage, on the biblical passages, to suit its doctrinal needs, or it'll ignore passages altogether that contradict their special doctrines. Now, uh, a cult usually won't encourage members to read from the Bible themselves. What will they have instead? Well, they'll have their own little literature or... Uh, the teaching of that charismatic leader. Yeah, yeah, they'll have, you know, like the, you know, a certain fence-watching cult, <laughs> which we call the J-Dubs. Uh, they don't really encourage their leader, their, their members to read the scripture. Then for those listening, that, that's a, a joke between us because as we do evangelism, we often see them standing by the doors as we pass them knocking on doors and we evangelize, we pray with them, we invite them to fun events and they are stuck standing, seemingly staring at the fence. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but that must be part of their instruction. <laughs> but anyway, um, they're encouraged only to read their own literature and uh, that's where they get their spin on their particular doctrines. Uh, uh, now, what about extreme cases of, of cults? Uh, like, uh, for example, David Koresh. I don't know if you remember that guy. I remember hearing about it, but no, I not when it was live. Uh, I remember the whole thing from beginning to end. And... Uh, it was a mess, but and another man by the name of Jim Jones, that's before your time, but uh, it would bear us some uh, uh, to study about these people and about how they were actually able to manipulate their people and to cause the damage that they did so we can recognize when these people come around and those were charismatic leaders that twisted the scripture right gained a following had new revelations and so brainwashed the people controlled them severed old ties that resulted in mass suicides correct and yeah well, yeah and, and and especially in the case of uh jim jones yeah now david Koresh, there's some question about whether uh, how that particular thing happened, but nonetheless, uh, had these leaders not risen up, all these people would, many of them would still be alive today. Amen. Amen. So, so, uh, and what did these people do? They abused their members sexually, financially, spiritually, and in every way to gain their own twisted ends. Uh, now, David Koresh, he used special revelations. He had visions, etc., cetera, uh, to uh, justify his uh, abuse of his members. But Jones actually did not have special revelations per se. In fact, Jim Jones actually, toward the end, was not preaching out of the Bible at all. Wow, so far removed, huh? 
far far removed. He was actually more uh, preaching a political doctrine, Marx, Leninism. Uh, in fact, he got up on the pulpit, took the Bible, and cast it across the room and said, no longer are we going to study or read this book. From now on, we are uh, only going to be concerned with the Communist Manifesto. So he completely rejected the scripture. Now you're going to hear people, uh, how do they spin Jim Jones in the popular press? As a fundamentalist Christian preacher. Which is far from the truth. He was not a fun, a fundamentalist preacher preaches out of what book? The Bible. The Bible and only the Bible. He had rejected the scripture and was actually teaching and preaching from communist doctrine only toward the end of his sordid career. Now, what did our Lord tell us about these folks? False teachers would be coming, wolves in sheep clothing, to beware of those that teach. Think of the book of Jude. These sensual ones that creep in, they long ago would have been marked out, but they make friends, they have some ability to flatter people, and then they pull them aside, and the end is a shipwreck. Amen, that's right. Yeah, that's what the Lord said. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Matthew 7, 15. And what did the Apostle Paul say? For I know, I know after this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, Acts 20. 29. I think of that Galatians book also that Paul wrote, that how surprised he was that you have gone and turned to another gospel. And it amazes me how these people claim to be Christians, and they say, we have a new gospel. We have another gospel. We have a new revelation, a new teaching. And we got it from an angel. And it says in Galatians, even if an angel told That's you, right. don't follow after it. Yeah, though we are an angel from heaven preach to you any other doctrine or any other gospel other than that which you have received, let him be what? Cursed. Cursed, that's right. And now this is what Peter said in his second epistle, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Second Peter 2.1. Now, uh, how does this little epistle of Second Peter uh, describe these folks along with the uh, uh, Jude, a parallel passage? He describes them in this fashion. Certain men crept in unawares, filthy dreamers. They have gone the way of Cain, ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Cory. 
Furthermore, he calls them raging waves, murmurers, and mockers. So they pervert scripture, but cults and their leaders are capable of even perverting nature itself. Well, you think of how rebellious Korah was, but how spiritual he sounded. And you look at the rebellions in the scripture, and they appeal to the masses. Think of Absalom. Well, if I was your leader, I would give you justice. If I was your leader, I, I would see it your way. Think of words like Korah. Well, Moses isn't the only spiritual leader. Doesn't God speak through all of us? So they have convincing arguments. They flatter people. They puff people up. And they have the appearance of religion. They have the appearance, but they're void of the spirit. And uh, silver tongue. Yeah. They flatter for the advantage. We're going to see that silver tongue as we continue to study what every Christian should know about world religions, major cults, ideologies, and isms. That's pretty